Welcome to my podcast. My name is Julia. Uh, today I'm going to be focusing on what resilience is and how it looks for different people. So for my English class this year, uh, two of our reads were about men who were stranded on lifeboats for abnormally long periods of time, coincidentally. Uh, one book was called Unbroken by Lauren Hillenbrand, and the other was Life of Pi by Jan Martel. Uh, these two stories, while obviously sharing one big similarity, had completely different outcomes and completely different journeys. Um, but both survivor stories, whether by chance or by choice. Pi and Louis Zamperini of Unbroken were both resilient men. Uh, so without getting too far into the explanation of each character, um, I'm going to put forth the argument that ultimately resilience is a subjective trait. Uh, someone's resilience depends on their individual perception of their own life or journey. Uh, this perception constructed on a mix of role models, self-driven goals, and an idea of the bigger picture results in a sense of purpose that gives reason to be resilient. So the book that our class read over the summer for this class was the book called Unbroken by Lauren Hillenbrand, uh, which is told as a third-person narrative as the author, Lauren Hillenbrand, wrote this book about Louis. So all of the information is based on interviews and phone calls with him and is factual in the way that he remembers it and retells it. So while it wasn't directly written by Louis, it's his story. So this story is about Louis himself, a man who gains national attention for competing as a runner in the 1936 Berlin Olympics after fighting really hard to get there. You know, since he began running, he's been constantly challenging himself even just to get to the Olympic trials. Louis is later reported to be dead after a military plane crash in the Pacific Ocean during World War II, and he surprises the world by returning home alive after the war. So... Essentially, he, he gets drafted, he interrupts his, his running career, he gets on this plane that crashes and is assumed dead for a very long time, but what actually happens is he floats on a raft with two other of his crewmates, and he ends up in a Japanese prisoner of war camp when he thinks he's being rescued, um, but there he's tortured um, by an evil man called the Bird. So before he's ultimately sent home, Louis sees a lot of tragic fates. One of the men that he crashed with, named Mac, dies after Mac ate the, ri- the rations for the whole crew. He sees people starve and go insane, and while he obviously battles extreme PTSD after he returns, Louis survives. So the question then becomes, why did Louis survive, and what makes him resilient? As I stated before, the sense of purpose and perception of a life journey depends on the individual. So things that are unique to Louis are his his goal of running, being a, a competitive and Olympic runner, and furthering that career. And later, once he gets home um, and is dealing with so many of these after effects, his goal is to return to Japan and get revenge on the bird, the guy who tortured him and is the cause of so much of his agony now. Um, and he has this this, at the same time, sense of the bigger picture he, throughout the book, focuses on his dignity, and this is ultimately what brings him some peace. He has this strong moral compass, this strong sense of dignity, and while he's at war, he's looking forward to the bigger picture and looking forward to, to survival and rescue. So, one important quote that I think exemplifies his resilience really well says, His conviction that everything happened for a reason and would come to good gave him laughing equanimity even in hard times. Here, Louis possesses a solid idea of the bigger picture. Because he's waiting for something, that sense of relief, and that all the puzzle pieces have been connected, he has a reason to live and persevere. 
Also, he says, dignity is as essential to human life as water, food, and oxygen. Uh, this quote in specific really ties in the elements of literal survival. Um, but even as Louis is fighting for all of these things, water, food, and survival, he is still focusing on dignity and focusing on his moral compass. So this is another example of an idea of the bigger picture, the bigger good, um, not letting things get out of control, and really focusing on on who Louis is and what his moral compass and what his ideals are. Um, this can be said for both books, but I want to clarify that I think resilience goes on to be more than just survival. Of course, your body wants to survive and fight to preserve itself, and that's out of your control. But resilience is more of the mental drive, the goal, the purpose, and the trait itself, and it differs from person to person. The innate part of resilience is just the physical strength. It's what you were programmed to do. So in the case of Louis, uh, he fought hard for clarity. He was actively giving himself, giving himself something to look forward to, thinking about the future, and ultimately he fought hard to get over his alcoholism, his failing marriage, and his quote-unquote demons of PTSD. Uh, Louis survived because he had a purpose that he created for himself, and that was tied to his life through his running and his family. Um, and he was able to acknowledge this along the way, even when things were incredibly difficult. So he always had this sense of, of looking forward to something and just waiting for things to be over. The book that we read more recently, uh, Life of Pi by Jan Martel, is it's an ultimately fictional story, but it's presented as a true account slash narrative from the beginning, including the author's note. Um, so while I think Unbroken is great, I'm quite frankly more interested in the resilient story found in Life of Pi. So Pi, the main character, is a young Indian boy that grew up in his father's zoo in Pondicherry. Uh, he quickly takes charge of his life, becoming just infatuated with religion and the order of the universe. So when he moves to a new school, he introduces himself as Pi rather than his actual name, Piscine. Um, he makes sure that his life is his own creation. Uh, like I said, he loves religion and practices Hinduism, his native religion, in addition to the later annexed Christianity and Islam. Uh, the first part of the book um, is Pi essentially describing his foundation for life, all about the lessons and the things that he sees in the zoo and how he how he interacts with people and and how from a young age he's kind of seen as a, as an anomaly he's confronted several times by his his differing beliefs and differing mentors um but in the second part things take a turn for the worse when pi and his family are on a sinking boat and that's transporting all of his father's animals during their move from india to canada uh, Pi is the sole survival, and while there are a few quote-unquote animals when he is first cast into a lifeboat by the angry crew members, uh, he ultimately is stuck on the lifeboat with a Bengal tiger. Uh, Pi grew up fearing this tiger, as his father instructed him to. Um, at the end of the book, it's insinuated that this tiger is a representation of the things that Pi fears in himself, his turn from his morals and religion, but for the mass majority, vast majority of the story, it is exemplified to be a real tiger. Uh, Pi learns to tame this tiger and assert his dominance, but his journey is still rough, fighting for food and water. After encountering a really strange, uh, metaphorically and literally carnivorous island, Pi is finally rescued on the Gulf of Mexico, where Richard Parker, the tiger, quickly disappears into the woods, devastating Pi. Um, he's afloat for a total of 
227 days. Uh, while it took me probably too long to put the puzzle pieces together, the entire book is essentially one giant metaphor and symbol that illustrates the role of religion and anthropomorphism in Pi's life. Uh, these are Pi's two big coping mechanisms to floating floating alone on the boat for so long and are also his his majors when he goes to college. Of course, whether you're living in fear of a Bengal tiger that is actually yourself or not, floating on a raft for months is hard and requires just extreme dedication to survival and resilience. Um, so a quote that I think exemplifies this is, Something in me did not want to give up on life, was unwilling to let go, wanted to fight till the very end. Where that part of me got the heart, I don't know. So while it seems here that Pi um, doesn't understand what his goals are and what he's living for yet, um, this is probably because he's still in shock. Um, This is right after the boat sinks and right after losing his whole family. However, we know from reading the book that he relies heavily on religion and spirituality to get him through this time at sea. Uh, The fact that he doesn't understand where his heart comes from proves that not everything is innate. While he might he might have been born a naturally resilient person, there was clearly external factors that were driving him forward. Um, you know, this religion, whether it's conscious or not, this religion is, is moving him forward. And this exemplifies, too, the, the physical need to survive. But you can see that he's a fighter, he's a resilient guy. Um, but I think this quote ultimately does a better job. It says, I was giving up. I would have given up if a voice hadn't made itself heard in my heart. The voice said, I will not die. I refuse it. I will make it through this nightmare. I will beat the odds as great as they are. I have survived so far miraculously. Now I will turn miracle into routine. The amazing will be seen every day. I will put in all the hard work necessary. Yes, so long as God is with me, I will not die. Amen. This quote reinforces the role of religion and pious survival. In a way, religion is like his role model, his goal, and his bigger picture. One of the important things about loving God is understanding that you really are a part of his bigger picture, the whole bigger picture, um, that you're kind of at his will. Uh, This quote exemplifies God speaking directly to and through Pi. And just to reiterate, while Pi's story could be interpreted as a reason to adopt a religion, that doesn't mean religion has to be someone's entire or only purpose in life. This would be like saying that um, an atheist or an agnostic has no purpose in life. Uh, your purpose can be whatever you want. For Pi, it's animals and religion. But for Louis, from Unbroken, it was the idea of revenge and going home and finding peace after the war. This actually ties in really well. Louis hadn't been devoutly religious his entire life, but he ended up that way. Pi had been religious to some extent his entire life. Just like Pi used religious practices as a vehicle to God... Louis can use religion as a vehicle to coping from his PTSD. The purpose is something else, and it can change, and it is collective. It is clearly different based on, based on circumstances. Their perception of themselves are aside. Purpose is the collective mix of so many different things, and for both Pi and Louis, it would be unwise to sum their lives up to just religion. As for my own resilience story... Um, I by no means have had a bad or a hard life, but like everyone else, the past year or so has been incredibly tough. As someone with anxiety, I had a particularly difficult time and even started to notice um, some outward symptoms that I simply could not explain or control. 
um, I continued to lose control of the muscles in my upper body and then my ankles and knees. It had been going on for a long time, but the more stress that I got, they got worse and worse. I began falling in the shower, dropping heavy objects on my feet and needing excessive amounts of sleep, and I just, I just couldn't keep up. Every day started to feel like one big out-of-body experience. Uh, this is actually more of a recent story. Unsurprisingly, I got diagnosed with epilepsy after struggling with it alone for a long time. It was a difficult decision to make to even approach the doctor because I knew I would lose my driver's license and even the right to lock my door. Um, however, I knew that this was a safer choice even though I would miss out on some things. This started in January and mine and my doctor's goal is to be two-year seizure-free. This is incredibly difficult as I used to have multiple seizures a day and as many as 7 and 20 minutes. Um, I've also had issues with some borderline medical malpractice with my first doctor, so ultimately this two-year milestone has been pushed back more than it needs to be, which makes me want to give up. It is hard to be patient when your goal is so far away. Overall, the loss of my license has been one of the hardest things. It was really hard to give up something that I waited so long to have. I was only able to drive for five months, and now I have stopped driving for five. It feels like a loss of independence, and I feel behind milestone-wise, behind my peers. Uh, however, the hardest thing about this medicine are its side effects. Um, I'm on a steady incline for increasing this medication, and every week that it doubles, it feels like starting all over again. The biggest side effect is the emotional turmoil. Uh, my doctor has clearly explained to me that it wasn't going to be easy, um, I've been overly depressed, anxious, and incredibly irritable. As for perseverance, I've realized that I have to push through because there is no other choice. If I stopped the medication, the seizures would worsen and potentially become fatal. When a seizure is over, I suffer from many of the same side effects that the medicine gives me anyway. It becomes a choice of whether I want to accept the physical risk or not. The way I've learned to cope is to limit my stress, go to bed earlier, and try to stay ahead of my work. I learned yesterday that the irritability and anger that comes with this diagnosis isn't all bad. A classmate of mine said something pretty insensitive to me, and I wanted to debate him on it. I feel as though I've become more bold. I never would have fought him on it in front of a class before. While part of me feels as though I'm straying away from my natural self, like Pi and his tiger, um, it makes me feel more likely to stand up for myself and my beliefs. Um, and so part of the reason I constructed my thesis the way that I did is because of my own personal experience with resilience. Um, my dad also has epilepsy, although a different kind, but I've grown up with a role model, uh, someone who deals with the issues and continues to persevere. As for self-driven goals, even if it seems insignificant, uh, my goal is to drive a car and just be a normal kid. These are things that are individual to me and things that I want. Finally, my idea of a bigger picture is my own health. Obviously, this is something that is annoying and painful now, but I want to take care of myself. I want to have a healthy and happy life. Uh, this is a clear example of how these three aspects come together to form a purpose. Even though I couldn't tell you my exact concise one, I know that I have a purpose. Someone who's 17 and gets diagnosed with epilepsy, but doesn't have a role model, doesn't have a goal, and can't see the bigger picture, might give up, might not be conscious, might hurt themselves. We are all people, and we're all going to handle adversity, adversity differently. Again, aside from the literal and physical aspect of our bodies fighting to survive, there's nothing innate about resilience. It's subjective, and it's a unique experience.